No. There are no tissues for you. Why not? Because there are no tissues for you. Oh, the pain. Oh, the pain. The horror of the pain. All right. We are in. We are live. We are. Oh, God. I cannot remember. I don't even remember if the last notes that I made, if we even talked about that stuff. What does it say? Now I'll tell you. Funeral. No. Oh, God. You know when that was? October. First. Second. Oh, boy. You have been the ultimate in slacking. Which is not really true, but I'm using it anyway. Okay. Because, you know, you. Yeah, sure. Blame the mommy. Of course. All right, do the thing. Roll the intro. Okay, we got lots of stuff. Um, I have George's birthday on here. Oh dear. That was September 25th. Yep, it was. It's been a minute. Um, so, the next thing on there, where did all the patrons go? We haven't had a patron since, 20, since May of 2022. We're so sad. So, if you want to become a patron, you can go to our Patreon page. What's the Patreon page? The Trailing Bars. You need to go to our Patreon page and um, hook us up with some uh, patronage. And that way we can give you free stuff. Exclusive. Exclusively free stuff. Our patron was getting mad access. And seeing like products before they came out and all that kind of good stuff. So there, there's a lot of free stuff. Plus, they had the whiskey shine. There's the whiskey shine, which has not been done in a while because one, it hasn't been done in a while. Two, I can't drink. No shine. Only whiskey. I can't drink. For that might be that might be the new show. No shine. Only whiskey. I can do that alone. No shine, just whiskey. We'll think about it. Um, and that was happening over on the Patreon too. The Whiskey Shine Fridays. So, there is that. Um, and I did do a new tier on the, on the Patreon bullet train. Okay. Yeah. So. Um... So at the beginning of October, we went, drove down to Alabama for a funeral. And came back. Funeral was for my line brother. 
and we just went down and came back for homecoming. So this is there's been a lot of stuff that's happened over the last In the last month. Month, but we also didn't have a podcast prior to that. It's been a minute. It's yeah. been so long that we had a problem with our our blueberry page that I created by messing with the setting that I fixed today before their tech team could fix it. Oh. All right. Um, I have one here as number four, Karen's crazy ass employees, but I don't remember what it was anymore because basically every week you have crazy ass things that your employees do and say and don't show up. I have or one. Whatever. So she has worked one day in the last two weeks, and she had the nerve to ask me if she could leave at eleven thirty tomorrow. She is scheduled from seven to three thirty or seven to four, and she's asking me to leave at eleven thirty. You might need to be a tad bit louder. Oh, because the heat's on. Got the, the heat is on because it's flipping cold here now. And it's doing the snow. Look, we don't use four-letter words here. Damn it. We don't. <laughs> <laughs> and on, on our family-friendly adult podcast. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know what this was referencing. I know you had something, but I don't remember what it was now. Um, I have on here. So the room is not paid for at twelve twenty-six a.m. Dog, let me talk right, about this one. Get, get, go, go, go. So when I book on Hotels.com, Hotels.com, you can sponsor us anytime because I have been using you for eleven years. Traveling years. Fars loves the Hotels.com. Yeah. We do not like Expedia. Nope, I refuse to use Expedia. I don't use any other third-party booking. I only use Hotels.com, and will continue to use Hotels.com until there's a reason not to. So, um, when I book on Hotels.com, I always prepay. It's cheaper that way. So, when I booked for our emergency trip to Alabama, um, I assumed that it was prepaid because I had pushed the prepay. As you do. As I always do. And have for 12 years. So... We get to Alabama, we go to check-in, it's the only hotel in the entire little podunk town. Um, podunk? Wait, wait, wait a minute now. You're not talking bad about the Alabama man land. I'm talking bad about this one tiny little Why are you hotel. talking bad about the Alabama man land? Listen. You okay, you, talk? you're talking about the podunk, but you come from one of them towns. I do. We don't even have a hotel. Right! <laughs> And if we did, we would have gotten better Wait a minute. Service. Didn't we go to a, a, a reunion in Parma? Yes, but the... And the hotel was in Jackson? Yeah, like I said, we don't have a hotel. Podunk. All right, Duh. Keep going. Anyway, so we go to check in. The lobby of the hotel is... FYI, this was not a hotel. Oh, it was a motel. It was a motel and not a Holiday Inn. No. Uh, so we go, and of course the lobby is locked, so you have to go to that little plexiglass window at the side. And just as we're starting to do our check-in process, some man pulls up in this truck that is so loud. 
and he parks right behind us and leaves the truck running. Loud due to muffler not on it. Right, it's so loud. We can't hear the lady on the inside of the building and she can't hear us. So she says, you know, you need to pay. And I said, no, I've already paid. I showed her the thing from the hotels.com. I know that I had pushed, you know, pay ahead of time. So well, wait, wait, wait. And she gave us our keys. She gave us our keys. She said, I'm new. I'm going to let the owner deal with it. Because she couldn't find our reservation in the computer. Couldn't either. find the email. Couldn't find this. Couldn't find that. So we go. We had just drove 13 and a half hours down, 15 hours down. And we're all asleep. Midnight, 12, 15, we hear banging on the door and somebody shouting. So... We get up and answer the door, and this man who is yelling at us to get out and blah, 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 and we didn't pay for our room. And we were fraudulent, I'm calling the cops. Yeah, he's threatening my husband with calling the police, and I'm like, what are you talking about? I've already paid for the room. I have the hotel, like, I have the email here. So I go, and I find the email, and I show it to him. He's like, no, I just tried to run that card, and it's fraud. It's coming up as fraud. I'm like, that's crap. So then I go and check our bank account and that had never pulled out of our bank account. And I booked it like three or four days ahead of time. So it should have been out of the bank account. I said, listen, this is just some misunderstanding. He's now yelling about getting the children out of their room and we need to go. And it, he's going to call the police and fraud. And he keeps threatening my husband with the police. Funny thing is, all we had to do was close the door. Right. <laughs> he couldn't have kicked us out anyway, but it was very funny. So I was like... Here, you just stay here. I got this. You know, just stay here. So I went and put my shoes on and got my card. Went and he swiped the card. It went through immediately. And he said, the other card you have on file is fraudulent. And I said, no, this is the card that you just ran that just went through. It's not fraudulent. There was just a mistake from Hotels.com. It didn't get paid for. We had a receipt saying they had paid for. So... Worst customer service ever. Ever in the history of customer service. And what was the name of that hotel, anyway? America's Best Inn in York, Alabama. Not best. It was filthy. It was a motel. It was worse than a motel. No, no. It was a motel. And it really wasn't that dirty. It really it was wasn't too, dirty. It was so it was, dirty. It, no, actually, it wasn't dirty. It was... Dilapidated. It was old, and it had. They used like really dark paint. Well, the carpets were like threadbare and gross. I don't think they were that bad. You're crazy. I really don't. I don't think they were that bad. It was just. It was. It. It looked. It would look dark in the room. Yeah, it was like a cave. But it was like because of their paint choice, it was dark and, the and there's not from a whole the lot 80s. of. Right, it was it's old. It was like old. Everything's from the eighties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then we were trying to find a place to eat after the funeral because it's this is truly like a teensy weensy tiny little place. And uh, there was an Indian restaurant right next door, and I was like, nope. We love Indian food, but we're not giving this person any more of our money because the owner of the the hotel who was yelling at us in the middle of the night was also the owner of the Indian restaurant. How do you know? Because that's what the lady in the gas station said. Oh. Uh, yeah, he won't get any more of our money. 
So we ever. ended up driving to Mississippi for for dinner. So how was your first trip to Mississippi? I'm sorry. How was your first trip to Mississippi? I was nervous. I was nervous. Why? Interracial family in Mississippi. Why? Why? Okay, but you went to Alabama. Why were you not nervous? You went to. I was nervous. Wait, wait, wait. Tennessee, Kentucky, uh, Alabama. Why were you nervous in Mississippi? I was nervous in Mississippi and I was nervous in Alabama until we got to Tuskegee. No, so we, didn't, we didn't go to Tuskegee on that trip. Well, I was still nervous. Yeah, it, okay. Always on my guard. Well, you should be that anyway. Why? See, there's your problem. That's your problem. See, because you're you don't live on your guard, so that's why you were nervous. It had nothing to do with the where you were, because you don't normally live like that. I don't. Whereas I live like that every day here. Oh. I live like that just going to drop the kids off at work. So. Yeah, I don't live like that. Yeah, exactly. Um, America's worst in. Yes, it was. York, Alabama. Actually, it wasn't the worst that that, that exists, but it Does was very bad experience worse. for us. And anybody that's going to York, stay somewhere else. Yeah. What was the other? Oh, the other one was in Mississippi. The, the closest hotel was in Mississippi. No, no, that's not. Well, there was yes, one across was. the border, yeah. and then there was one in. Can't think of the name now. Starts with an L. Where David was from. There was a hotel there. I can't remember the name of it. I don't know. Because when I looked, LA. When I looked around, I couldn't find it. I couldn't find anything that was. I can't think of the name. Available. Well, I didn't say there was anything available. I just said that there was a hotel there. Um, I think it was a comfort inn or something. Um, and it was much more expensive, especially on a short notice. Right. Okay. So let's see here. All right. That's all I have for that list. I'm sure more things happened. October. Oh, wait, think, wait. Take I your brain like, back. I would like to go back to the, tri- the first trip to Alabama. Oh, boy. So part of this whole thing was I was on a very strict diet, pre-operation diet. I don't know if anybody has ever been on a very strict pre-operation diet and had to do a road trip, but it is hell because you can't eat anything. Like, there's nothing. Everything that I Oh, that's right. We went to the Mexican place in Mississippi and and you didn't eat nothing because it was so delicious. The only thing I could eat was what fit in my lunch bag for the whole entire weekend. But what? What was your? Were you, were you on liquids then? Or? No, I was on that like the packet of stuff. You know, I had like the little microwave things, and I was okay. eight hundred calories a day. So you were pre-op. That means your operation was in October. Yeah, my operation was October tenth. Aha. And we went. All right, so. September 30th through the 30th. That was about the, um, what did I call it here? Hold on one second. The Chronicles of, or, or this, the Skinny Lady Adventure. Here you go. Go. 
I like it when you call me that. That's, <laughs> that's what. Feel good. That's what. That's what's happening. The Skinny Lady Adventure. This is the beginning of the Skinny Lady Adventure. Was the pre-op diet, diet, and all that stuff. Well, so traditionally, like when I was going through all of my appointments for the year and plus up leading up to the surgery, they kept saying that I'd have a 14-day pre-op diet, which I was all okay with. No big deal. So then I get to um, the four-hour meeting we have to have before surgery, and they call out everybody's name, and they tell you how many days are going to be on the pre-op diet. I am by far the shortest person in the room. And... Why does that matter? This, it matters because she says, uh, Karen, your pre-diet is for 28 days. And I was like, what the fuck? Some people have seven days. Some have 14 days. Some have 10 days. I get 28 days. I'm the only one in the room. So when I get into the, the exam room with them and they're saying, you know, do you have any questions and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, why the hell do I have 28 days? And they said, oh, it's simple. Your torso is so short. You need your liver really small before surgery, so you have a 28-day diet. Man, being short sucks. There's a song about short Shut people. It. <laughs> Shut it. So I did my 28 days. I stuck to it. I did not have a single solitary crumb that was not a part of my diet. I followed it to the T, which apparently is not a thing. Like, people don't follow it. I don't understand why you go through 12 to 15 months of preparation and then not follow the... I mean, this is essentially like a two-year process. From the beginning to when you're done with the special diet things. Well, it's even more than that because at two years, most insurance companies will pay for skin removal. But, I mean, just the... The weight loss, the 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 surgery, yeah. the the diet that yep. you have to be on pre and post. Yep. Yeah, I mean, and and all of the stuff leading up, like essentially proving to the insurance company that you're going to be a good candidate for right. this kind of surgery. I mean, well, you're and also the years. doctors because the doctors aren't going to perform the surgery if you aren't right. losing weight, if you right. aren't showing them that you're following the directions. Right. right. And that's what I'm saying. I mean, it's just like, come on now. Really? After all of that build up to the yeah, surgery, you're it's not like, gonna follow why would you not follow this? It's like, it seems like you'd be already primed to be following. Yeah. Because you've done so much to get yep. to that point. But I think sometimes, like, depending on the insurance company, I had to do a year of prep because that's the insurance that we have. Yep. But sometimes, depending on a person's BMI and their insurance, there isn't any wait time. It's like two months and they're in. Mm. But two months is not enough. Because you're they not mentally ready. You're not physically ready. You don't learn all of... Like, one of the things that I learned through the process was that I don't eat enough to sustain the activity that I do during the day. So anytime I put a piece of food in my mouth, my body holds on to every single calorie because it's always in starvation mode. And so that's why I couldn't lose weight, even though I'm walking four or five miles a day and I barely eat anything. It's because I barely eat anything. So, and I learned a lot about myself going through the process. Can't eat. But, um, Can't eat to lose weight. Right? It's, it sounds crazy, but you have to. You have to. So, um, 
we get to surgery day and my surgery was supposed to be at like one o'clock and it just kept getting pushed back further and further what time did i end up going in after four right yeah but that was because they had somebody where the surgery the surgeries before you went long right they were more complicated than they anticipated right and your surgery was not going to take long right so what they and they were going to keep you anyway so right. it didn't matter that you went late no. it mattered to us because we were sitting there waiting right. i was sitting there waiting and the kids when they showed up but it wasn't and the other side of it was you stay you spent a longer time in recovery because they had no beds to put you in. Uh -huh. So they had to release somebody in order to then put, clean up the room and then put you in that room. So there was, both things happened at the same time. But they, I mean, your surgery was way short. Yeah, by the they I mean, told from me the it time was supposed they, to be like an hour and 15. I don't, I don't think, think it, it was that, that long. I don't think it took that long. They, they went in and he was able to, I mean... Within, I swear it was like 40 minutes, maybe 45 minutes. He was down there talking to me. Wow. Right. He was down there talking to me, and then I went, because um, he was like, okay, they're closing up, and then they'll send her to, what you call it, and that's when I left to get the kids. Got you. Because it was like, okay, you're out of the surgery, the doctor's already talked to you, you're just sitting in recovery now. We can't come back there. Right. So it's like, okay, so the, now my, it was like five something. So it was like, let me go get Keegan and then we'll get Aaron at six and then yeah, come back up there. And when I did, it didn't matter because they still didn't have a bed for you. Oh. We sat there for another hour just waiting. You were just waiting for a bed. No, were, I was just asleep. You were asleep, but I'm saying that's all you were waiting for. Like, there was nothing happening. You were just sitting there in a holding pattern, waiting for them to get a bed ready. And then when they got a bed ready, we walked with you to oh. the room. You see? Okay. Right. That's what I'm saying. I mean, they, there was nothing ready. They, there was no because it was a long distance from where you had the surgery to the room you were in. Yeah. And so we they basically we just, in a different wing of the hospital. Mm -hmm. Yep. And we just followed her as she rolled you down. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I didn't know this until my surgery was Monday. I didn't know until Wednesday that I was freaking everyone out because I wasn't waking up. What do you mean freaking everybody out? Well, the doctors and the nurses were really concerned because I should have been awake on Monday night. And I didn't really wake up until Wednesday. I mean, I was awake a little bit on Tuesday, but for the most part, I slept the entire time. Well, you slept the whole time I was there. And I should have been released on Tuesday. But because I wasn't waking up, they were starting to worry. So on Wednesday, when the doctor came in to talk to me, he asked me, he had said to me prior to the surgery, I want you to take Thursday and Friday off. You know, you need the rest. You've been working a lot. Whatever. So, but I didn't because I couldn't. So he asked me on Wednesday morning when he came in, did you take off the two days that I asked you to before the surgery? And I said, no, I couldn't take them off. And he said, and that's why it took you two days to wake up from, from anesthesia. Because I was exhausted. Oh. 
Oh, you mean before? Okay, I got you. Yeah, he wanted me to take that Friday, Thursday and Friday. I don't know if that would have mattered for you. I think you would have still been up and you would have still been working, even if you didn't go in and you would have right. still been tired. And so when I, I, I always say that you you go into surgery, you've been in surgery in so many places and so many times. I think you just surgery for you is just getting a nap. Yeah. 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 So when did I start throwing up? Was it Tuesday or Wednesday? I think it was immediate. It was once you started eating. Well, I started taking... They would give me water for the pill... With the pills. Because I didn't eat. I didn't eat all the whole time I was there. They never brought me any food. Nothing. Well, you were on liquids. Yeah, but when I... When I say eating, I'm saying... I'm talking about those liquids. When you started putting things in your face... Oh, hole, it was... It that's was when pill. you started throwing up. That's pill. when you started throwing up. It was, it was just immediate. You just never, you never really, in the hospital, never really got to the point where you could keep it down. Or, or not feel nauseous. Because sometimes you kept it down. It just, I thought you it was just coming felt back up. nauseous. Yeah. And that was what they were fighting is trying to get you to stop feeling nauseous. Because if you felt nauseous at home, then you were not going to eat. And Which you is needed, true because you needed to. this whole week I didn't feel well. I was really nauseous all week long. And anytime I put anything in my body, it just hurt. So I didn't want to put anything in there. And then you have to get an infusion. Those infusions are magic. Yeah, well, you know, they put all the nutrients back in you. Yeah, it had like losing. magnesium, potassium, something else. I had, I had two big bags this time. I swear they... They looked like they were bigger than the ones before. They probably were not. Well, they might have been. But the thing that that worried me, the sec I had I had two infusions now. The first time, midway through, I had to get up and go to the bathroom, and I had to go to the bathroom again before I left. And then as soon as I got back to work, I had to go again. So I knew then I was hydrated. But then the second infusion. I got the full three hours and 45 minutes of fluids. I didn't pee until I got home from work that night at 7.30, quarter to 8. Well, I mean, just because you put fluids in doesn't mean they're coming back out. Your body needs those fluids. But I weighed myself that morning before um, the infusion, and I was down to 231. And after the infusion, I was up to 244. Right. Your body needed those fluids. You need to have that that stuff in you. They said that was normal. Like they, it normally adds ten to twelve pounds of water weight to you. Which makes sense. Totally makes sense. So, all right. So we get surgery and start recovering from the surgery, and then we have our big trip and big fun. hotel. So we're getting ready for. <laughs> So. We're getting ready for our trip. It's like three days before homecoming, our homecoming trip. And our plan was to leave on Michigan on Thursday and stop in Nashville, which is about eight and a half hours from here, and stay the night and then get up the next morning and drive to um, Montgomery and then stay in the hotel in Montgomery and then or like check in and then go to Tuskegee for all the Friday festivities. Get get craziness. Get crazy. That's so, what we were, that was the plan. I'm checking my email three days before the trip and I get an email from hotel.com saying that um the hotel in Montgomery can no longer 
honor our reservation. They were Alabama State fans, fuckers. And I just That's about my lost my shit. That's my story. Aaron, I'm telling you. They were Alabama bad. State fans. It was even worse than that. So I just about lost my shit because we paid for this in February $1,400 for these rooms. Each room was a suite with two bedrooms, a fireplace, a full kitchen, a living room. It was going to be the We were going to do it up big, man. Yes, we were. So I call Hotels.com. This is the reason why I stick with them. And the man says, I'm really sorry. Let's find you a new room. And he's trying and trying and trying to find anything in, at all in Montgomery. And there was nothing. Not a single room because it's homecoming weekend. So we look in Opelika and there's nothing. So then we moved to Auburn and there were two rooms. That's it. Two rooms. One was supposed to be a king size room with a kitchenette. The other one was supposed to be two queen beds with a kitchenette. You realize that we didn't use the kitchen. Yes, I did, too. I used it the whole entire time. We didn't cook anything. Oh, or microwaved. But we didn't cook anything. We refrigerated. We didn't cook anything. Okay. It was nice having the sink, though. And the dishwasher. And, well, and we, all we that counter space. We didn't need a dishwasher if we didn't have dishes. But we did have dishes. No, we had dishes because the dishes were in the room. Yeah. Well, that's my point. If we'd have had just disposable plates we would have been fine with just a small refrigerator and a microwave because the other stuff we really small did not use. refrigerator wouldn't have worked. We needed a big one. I had that thing full. Look, stop yourself. It wasn't full. We got food on our way out so that we could come back. Now, now, now. So, the Alabama State fans no. hating on Tuskegee. I think... It's even worse than that. Okay, why do you, what do you So, think? when we booked the rooms, they were 2.06 a night. The week before, I was looking at that hotel, and they were charging 5.03 a night for the same rooms. Yeah, because the so motherfuckers don't like Tuskegee. So, they canceled our reservation. So, that they could charge more money. Yep. Bastards. They were Alabama State fans, I'm telling you. <laughs> They're greedy bastards. Yeah, they were Alabama State fans. Instead of instead of just being like, y'all got a good deal, you got it early, you fully paid. Instead of doing that and being honorable, the Alabama State fans decided they were gonna, you know, dick us over and basically make it so that we almost couldn't stay anywhere. Yep. Or we were gonna end up staying much further away. And the worst part was, like, I had a friend coming from Atlanta to stay at the same hotel so we could all hang out, and then we weren't even anywhere near them. We were 45 minutes from them. Yep. It was just whatever. It was not cool. Not at all. Alabama State fans, but man. Hotel.com took State care fans. of it. And when we got there, they didn't ask me for a card for my deposit because hotels. It might have been Alabama State alums. Maybe. They, um, Hotels.com had taken Bastards. care of all the, the security deposit and all that stuff. All the incidentals was all covered. I mean, that's fine, but we don't ever have any incidentals. We don't, but, I mean, they always ask for a card. They didn't ask for one this time. I mean, yeah. But the rooms we got were They're okay. They were rooms. 
They were okay. I mean, the kids' room was nice because it had a separate bedroom. So one could be in the living room, one could be in the bedroom, but... Right. It was okay. Um, it was off the, right off the highway, which was nice. But we didn't do any back and forth, though, either. We went and we came back. Right. And that's it. We never went back to Tuskegee again. We did Friday and then we did Saturday. And that was it. That was that. Sunday, we chilled. We went to get oh, some yeah. more food. If next time we do that, that is the same thing we doing again. Next time we do it, we need to be talking RV. Yeah, but here's the thing: like, if you're doing, if you're in an RV, then you gotta leave on Sunday because you can't stay there till Monday. I don't know if that's true, but you might have to leave the campus, but you may not have to leave. Well, where do you want to go? You know, the Tuskegee National Forest is literally right there. You want to stay there? Well, I'm just saying, it's right there. If I, I don't know what the RV situation is so, like. I'm sure there's the- RV places, though, that you could drive through that drive to, even even if you headed toward, like, like you were going to leave. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there are places that you could just drive to and stay the night and then... I just don't know. I don't know anything about the camping and RV situation, but but you know, if you if we even had to leave and we did the same thing coming back that we did going down, oh, and we were in an RV, stopping somewhere. Yeah, just stop for a night or drive until you didn't feel like driving anymore. Well, that for you Saturday, you was t- you was it was rough for you on Saturday morning. You're lucky you had a, a Sunday to chill because driving. Sunday, I was fine Sunday. Driving back after that, well, the hills, your knee was not fine. I was fine on Sunday. You were? Oh yeah. I was fine on Sunday. I I didn't even I barely drank. Well, that's because you did no. all your big fun on Friday did, night. I'm smart. I know what I'm doing. I I I am I am a professional homecoming goer. You get you get you get your get get crazy craziness on Friday. Then you start tapering off. You can still do your big fun on Saturday, but you're walking around and you're talking to people and you're you're constantly moving all day long. So basically, if and you know, even if you go to parties that night or whatever, that's fine, but you don't get crazy crazy drunk. Right. Because if you don't get crazy, crazy drunk on Saturday, then you can go home on Sunday. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I'm in. I'm always in that mood. That that mode of take your ass home on Sunday. So the fact that we didn't have to go home. Oh shit! I didn't even drink all that much. Yeah. I didn't even drink on Friday. It was Wild Turkey 101. Mm-hmm. All of it. From the time we got to Tuskegee until that night, then it was. Uh, Jim Beam Double Oak. It's almost 10% alcohol less. And that's what I was sipping on all day. And I wasn't sipping all that because you had my cup most of the day. I was sharing your drink. You know what I'm saying? So I wasn't really, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't trying to get drunk standing on a hill walking around with my knee hurting. You know what I'm saying? I was just wasn't doing it. 
And then um, that night, Saturday night, everybody was just chilling. Like most times, what happens? You know? And that was it. It was cool. Sunday, I, I was able to sit there and watch the games and sip. I took a nice long nap. You see what I'm saying? I mean, it was just relaxed. It was just chill. And then Monday, driving back, we, it was so much easier because we weren't so tired. And I drove the whole way. You sure did. I said that to Dawn, too. I used to I used to drive the whole way on Sunday. Yeah, well. <laughs> yeah. And we barely stopped. We basically only stopped for one bathroom break, and the rest of the times we stopped was for gas. We stopped for nothing else. We got no food. No. No. Let's talk about the food. Let's talk about the food. Because the food, we didn't stop any time for food, except for the one time that Connie bought us lunch in Montgomery. Yep. But outside of that, we didn't eat out the whole time we were there. Nope. We paid for no, like, restaurant food or fast food. We paid for, we got none of that the whole trip. You're welcome. Whatever. What'd you do? So, it's really hard finding food, fat, like, when you're driving through places. It's hard to find vegan food for the vegans. So... I always make sandwiches for the car and get snacks for the car. So I did a container of peanut butter and jelly because that's a family favorite. Okay, it wasn't a container of peanut butter and jelly. It was a container of many peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Yeah, a container of peanut butter and jelly. That's not what that means. Most people would not understand what you were talking about. Okay, let's I, talk. Let's talk like, like six or let's eight talk like days. Let's talk like it's a podcast, and you got people that don't know what the hell you're talking about. Could you imagine the image that you just created—a container of peanut butter and jelly? All right. So I did like six or eight peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and put them in a, con- a seal tight container. Then I did about the same of the tofurkey sandwiches. Um. And put them in a container. And then for two, I did turkey sandwiches. And I think that's it. I did like three turkey sandwiches. But then I had chips and cookies and crackers and, you know, all kinds of snack foods for them to eat while we're driving. Pop-tarts. We had lots of, yeah, we had lots of stuff that we could just grab and get back in the car and and eat and drop and ride. We had stuff that we could stand and just chew on take a break you know from riding and especially on the way down we did that quite a bit on the way down but probably because we had no reason to rush on the way down nothing all we had to do was get to nashville yep so it was like take your time get to nashville if we stop and we stand here at the pumps eating who fucking cares right you know just we had we stopped we took a long time to get to nashville I think it was For like no eight reason. and a half hours, and normally it's right. like eight hours. We just we just weren't in a rush because nope. we didn't need to rush. No, nope. we got to Nashville and and that was that. All right, so well, I also packed full like full on meal. So for you, I had like a, a cheesy pasta dish. For Keegan, I had like rice and vegetables, and for two, I but had that like, wasn't for the ravioli. road, right? That no, was that was for the hotel, like that night in the hotel. And you and I were gonna have dinner at the hotel restaurant. In Nashville, 
but there was absolutely nothing, not a single thing that either one of us could eat in that. And, and we were at La Quinta in right, right across the parking lot from La Quinta, right? Yep, La Quinta. Right across the parking lot from the Titan Stadium. Literally not Which a are single, on TV right now. Not a single morsel. Could Beating eat. Denver, 14 to 10. There was nothing. Nothing yeah, there was nothing, nothing on the. Well, there was a salad. She For said they could make a. They could make a regular old salad. But who wants a regular old salad? Nobody. Especially if I gotta have my whiskey. And I can't have. I can't. I couldn't have anything that wasn't soft. Because I'm still in the puree food stage. So I had made myself like some tuna salad and took that with us. And I brought some of that home even. Um, one of the good things at the hotel in Auburn was, um, they had hard-boiled eggs in the breakfast bar. And they had condiments. So I just made some egg salad from the breakfast bar. For what, you and Aaron? From me and Aaron, because I couldn't, the only thing I could eat was yogurt, and that hurt. (laughs) I love... I love the idea that you're like, I'm just going to have some yogurt. And you get all excited about yogurt. And I look at you and go, you're going to eat one bite. And that's it. And you're like, no, no, no. I can eat yogurt. It's like, yes, you can eat yogurt. But you're not going to eat yogurt. You're going to get one bite. And that's going to be it. What happened? <laughs> I had two bites. <laughs> that that the funniest hurt. thing. That shit hurts so bad. Oh my god, it hurts so bad. Oh, I don't know if it so was funny. because it was cold that it hurt. Maybe. Because when I ate a room temperature one later, it didn't bother me as much. It's be the temperature. But woo. Oh, it was so funny. <laughs> it's just like you're not gonna eat this. <laughs> And it was already really small. It was a four-ounce yogurt. <laughs> I had two bites of it. Oh, it's like, like your oh, spoon is already too big. You're already messed up here. So one of the things they told uh, me after surgery, uh, when I went to the my two-week checkup to get my my next phase of my food, they said to use a like a uh, child-sized spoon, a tea, uh, toddler-sized spoon. So I don't know why I was sure we'd have one in this house, but there I was positive. So I rooted around in the drawer for about a half an hour, 45 minutes before I found this teensy, teensy, tiny little spoon. And that's what I've been using. I keep it in my lunch bag. But I should have had that thing on my trip. Oh, because... that's just, it was so funny. Well, Connie had gotten, had like convinced me to order this um, chicken pot pie soup. And it was really good. It came with like a little puff pastry on the top. And I, which I didn't touch because I can't have bread. So, but I had like four spoons of it and I was done because there's no more room in the end. Like my, my stomach is two ounces big. Right. Did you even tell the people what the procedure was that you got? I had a gastric sleeve surgery. Um, and it's not a gastric bypass. That is a big difference. Um, and for those of you wondering why I chose the sleeve versus the bypass, my stomach was healthy. I didn't have any ulcers. I didn't have any lesions. I didn't have any issues with my stomach. And therefore, 
uh, my surgeon recommended the sleeve. It's a faster recovery. There's less issues with absorption of nutrition, so I don't have to worry about malnutrition. Um, I don't have to take uh, vitamins forever uh, once my stomach gets completely healed. So I chose to do the sleeve and wow, what a huge difference it has made. I look different every single day. All right, so where are you in the loss of weightness? So when we landed from Egypt and I went to my first doctor's appointment in 2021, I weighed 291 pounds, 91.7 pounds. This morning when I weighed me, after my infusion, I'm down to 239. Even. Where were you right before your surgery? 260. So you've lost like 30 pounds. I've lost 30 pounds. That's why we call this the skinny, skinny lady adventure. My pants are falling off my body. <laughs> they literally, my pants are falling down. A shirt that fit me on Monday may not fit me on Wednesday. It's just weird. And people who haven't seen me for a while, like, freak out now when they see me. So I hadn't seen a staff member since before, one of the staff members since before my surgery. And when I walked in on Monday to say good morning to everybody, she just stood there and was like, oh my god, you look so different. And because we see me every day, I don't, I don't think it looks different until I see a photo. Like I did a comparison photo um, the morning of homecoming because my homecoming shirt was the shit. We gonna talk about the tea in a minute. You couldn't tell me a damn. We gonna talk about the tea shirt. in a minute. So I took a photo in the mirror and sent it, and then I was like, let me see. The last time I took one, a full body photo, which was August 20th, my assistant director's wedding. And putting those two side by side was holy shit. Holy shit. My face, my arms, my, every part of my body looks different. But the most important part, forget about the weight because that's not a big deal. I don't have pain in my feet. I don't have pain in my well, ankles. Well, you lost 30 pounds. I don't have pain like I did in my knees. I'm getting a weird new pain, but I think that's just because I've lost 30 pounds and there's not that compression holding my bone in place anymore like it was. Yeah, but I mean, you lost... When you lose weight, you take that pressure. How much... How yes, much How much per pound? Six pounds of pressure per pound. Right. So, but... This was the day I came home from the hospital. I walked up the stairs. Yes, but you had lost weight prior to going into the hospital. Yeah, but I couldn't do that when I walked. When, that morning that I went into the hospital, I had to haul my fat ass up the stairs like every morning, holding onto the wall and pulling me up with the railing. I could barely make it up the stairs. I was in so much pain. And then Friday night, I got home from the hospital, and at 2 a.m. I had to pee because they had filled me so flu full of fluids. I just walked up the stairs, and I got in the bathroom, and I was like, oh, my God. I just walked up the stairs. Like, holy crap I walked upstairs without pain and then I like flexed my ankles and my toes I had toes on my right foot that felt like they were broken every second of every day I don't have that pain anymore mm. well like I said you relieve that pressure it makes a difference 
Now, part of the weight loss and part of the surgery is I'm not allowed, like, I have to do exercise, but I'm not allowed to do, like, really strenuous stuff. And I'm right. not cleared to do any core exercises right now. And part of losing weight, your center of gravity shifts, and then you start getting back pain again. Or your back pain worsens. Because I always have back pain. But your back pain worsens because now your muscles are loose and you aren't doing anything to tighten it up. So when I'm dehydrated, I don't know if my back pain is weight loss related or if it's dehydrated related. Well, you know, if you drink water and the pain goes away, then you know it was water related. Yeah, well, I can't seem to get enough water in to make it go away. I knew on the car ride back from Tuskegee that it was my kidneys because I was so uncomfortable in the car. I couldn't like find a position that didn't hurt. That's why I called and had the infusion scheduled. Alright, so the t-shirt. Woo! My um, shirt was fire! The tees, the raggedy tees, got lots of orders before homecoming. So I was working my ass off to get all of the stuff out, the 18 shirts for my line sisters and line brothers, the um, the Piper shirts that I had designed and getting them to the people that bought them. Uh, some got shipped, other ones um, I just carried down there, gave, gave them out as I saw people, um, which worked out pretty nicely. Um, it was fun getting to see all the sorrows and... I saw Ra's in laws and my brother's in laws. They, you know, it was homecoming. Uh, it was the first time seeing the band cottage, the new and improved across the yard band cottage. It's in the very old, far away. Old though. business building, um, the business school building. Um, it was kind of weird. Um, I expected to see, like, photos and stuff from back in the day uh, that used to be in the, the cottage um, and there was nothing uh, we were talking about that after the game it's like there's no photos why did they choose not anyone. to put them up I have no idea well I have a feeling that at some point they were up but they weren't up this year and there was no nothing literally nothing so it's like it's like almost it felt terrible because it was felt like very sterile in there everybody was like everything that had happened in the past right where's the history none of it was there like literally none of it and the the old uniform which was new in 80 Seven eighty-eight, which we call that's our uniform. They use that thing for forty some years. Yeah, that that uniform um, just got replaced this year, and they were selling those uniforms. So there's like nothing from the past in there, except for the banner. For KK Psy in the corner, and I think the banner for Tau Beta Sigma that was up there, and that's it. 
Every, there's nothing from back in they the day in there. They should have kept one of those full uniforms, the full entire thing, and put it on a mannequin. Well, I don't know if they have to. But that uniform is in the Hall of Fame of... Or bands, or marching bands, or whatever. It's been there for years. Um, and I, I don't know if they're... I don't think they're getting rid of every single uniform. And they're not going to sell them all, either. No. Um, but the idea that... You know, it's like there's nothing there. That that was awful. Because that was the thing you would show people. You'd be like, you know, because like when I was marching, those frames were lining the, the walls. And you'd walk by them every day. And, you you know, sometimes you might stop and you might look at them. And, and you don't know those people. Right. You know, necessarily. But then homecoming comes along. And then you see those people. And those people are standing in front of you and you're like, oh shit, that's that's you. You know? And you know there's no connection between the current band members and the old band members. There's no connection. There's nothing. Like there's just nothing. They don't... I don't know. When we marched... And the problem is, this is... I, I've been away for such a long time. Right, because we looked abroad And so, so many long. things have changed. So this is my first time back. But when we came before we, le- before we moved away, Friday night was a regular practice run through the show, come back, and then you had sectionals. The reason you had sectionals wasn't really for the section to practice. It was so that the section could then get to know those old heads that came back and that were there on Friday night. Whether it was an alumni band year or not. It was just the fact that you had a sectional and now shit can get passed on, you know, motherfuckers can tell you how terrible you are or whatever. It doesn't matter. It was just the fact that you now had a connection back to those people, especially in the drum section, because we always had a sectional. Right. And it was, we were started running cadences, much like you saw, but it was the entire section, we all were there. Right. None of us left. Nobody. We all, it was but it was our sectional time. Right. So it was like, nobody was going to go anywhere anyway. But when the old heads came, and if they brought a drum, or if they took our drums, and we stood there, they were then passing along knowledge that they had, like, you know, about maybe a cadence that we still played, or about some shit that we didn't play anymore. Right. But they were passing it on. And then when it was like, oh... Well, we want to play that sh- old shit. We don't. We don't. We, we haven't been taught that yet. Right. And it's like, oh well, then maybe you can get down and somebody can learn it over that weekend, and now we can start playing it again. Yeah. You know that kind of thing. And we used to do that all the time. That was one of the things about it. And even early set is like we really cared about the people that came before and learning that old stuff. We wanted to know the old stuff. Yep. You know, they don't want to know the old anything about the old. And when I say the old stuff, it's like the 90s. 
They don't want to. And it's funny because their entire show for Homecoming was all 90s. Every single thing. You know? And it's like, I think when I was marching, we had close to, I want to say it was between, somewhere between 50 and 70 cadences. Something like that. It was a ridiculous number. None of them are written down. Okay? And it was just like, they don't know a lot of the stuff. Brand was trying to play through a lot of things, but then if there, if you just have one snare drum playing it, it doesn't do you much good to have one snare drum and then nobody else knowing the other parts. Right. You know, you're not going to play a cadence that way. And the challenge cadences, like sequence one and sequence three and black hole, all that stuff, that, that, that stuff they don't even do anymore. Right. You know? Um, and some people kind of know it. I know some of it, but I only know the snare part. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and so the, the idea of old heads coming together and, and recording and writing down or just recording the the cadences, we definitely have to do. But it was, it's kind of sad that a lot of the traditions, a lot of the stuff that make made Tuskegee Tuskegee is basically just fading away. Right. And that's not a good thing. Um, but it is what it is. They got a new field. They got a new roof to the shed. Um, and, and on Friday night, we hung out, um, watching their practice. They practiced on the main field because the RVs were on the practice field. So, um, the main field had just gotten redone. And it's all turf now. And it's open air, of course. There's no top to the stadium or whatever. And there's no stadium. It's just two sides, like high school. Which is weird to me, because you would think... There were 35,000 almost. I, I, and I want to say there were, that's just a low guess. Because there's... We oh, a lot of people came in without... Right, so, there, so I'm saying there are probably 40,000 people there easily. At least... And there were not enough seats for folks. Well, okay. Seating is not what people are, are worried about at homecoming. Well, there's but, no place to tailgate either. because No, tailgating happened. On the hill. On the hill. Under the things. That was the tailgating. And see, that's the thing that gets me about the whole situation. It's like, we have to create the stadium and then parking for the stadium. Because we all paid for parking and none of us knew where to park. Right, no, it was no, there was nothing, nothing, nothing anywhere that said where you were supposed to go and park now that you have paid for parking as opposed to where you're supposed to park if you had not paid for parking. There was nothing. Nope. And I... <sighs> not a single person in that line that we stood in for an hour, which was stupid, said that they knew where to park. Nope, nobody knew. And, and, they all and most people, parking. everybody that we talked to said that we, I just drove over to the bank cottage. I just parked over there. It's like, even the people in the line who work with the band, yeah. I just pulled up in somebody's yard. And yep, I, I just parked. I just bought and a spot. I, but here's my thing. There's a, there is space at the end of that, at the end of the school, 
on at the end of the the, the bowl that the locker rooms are on. There's a space behind that where it's nothing but trees. Could have been parking. And it's all owned by the school. That should be parking and the tailgating and the whole nine could be in that space. All the RVs, all the tents, all that stuff because if you were in with the tents, you couldn't see the game. So it didn't matter. It wasn't about seeing anything. Nope, it was about the people. And if you weren't in, you know, if you were sitting up on the hills where there were no tents, then you could watch the game. But why, if you're sitting on a fucking hill anyway, why are there no seats? You know, why are they not enclosing it and making it so that you have the hill, comes down, allows the band to come into the stadium, but then the seating, because then you wouldn't have to walk down a hill to come up and walk into seating when you can just walk from the front and walk into the stadium and go to your seats. Well, let's talk about something even more important. Why okay, you talk about it and I'll be right back. They got 40,000 mugs trying to go through two tiny little gates. When they had this ginormous gate that a truck could drive through right next to it. They got two little ladies with iPads trying to scan their QR codes for people who bought the tickets ahead of time. We got in line at 12.15. We we walked over with the band. We got in the line at 12.15. We were in the line for so long. Actually, we got in line before kickoff. I think kickoff was at 1, so it must have been around 12.15. We did not get into, like, through the gates until 1.30. There's no reason why it should take that long to get through the stinking line. It was chaos and ridiculousness. And then they got people walking over tree stumps. There, it wasn't. It wasn't shaded. There wasn't. There was nothing. It was chaos and ridiculousness. And they got little little children. You know, freshman college students like sneaking in. And girl, I told you they wouldn't be checking the tickets. Why the hell did I spend all this money? For the tickets and the parking to deal with ridiculousness. Yep. I mean, come on. You just spent all this money on a brand new stadium. <sighs> no, but, not uh, a brand new okay, stadium. Turf. A field. So you spent money on a field, but you couldn't maybe think of, hey, we haven't had homecoming in three years. We're going to be overrun with folks. We're going to need to think of a different way to get them into the field. Yeah, but, okay, here's my thing. Very, it makes no sense with today's technology that that thousands of people can go into every other stadium even in the school. country. No, I'm talking big stadiums. Yes, but even high school. No, big ones. Not okay. Texas high school stadiums, but big stadiums. And people come in from many directions, mm-hmm. many gates. And they can walk through. I mean, all of the ticket sales were electronic. Yep. Which means all you had to do was scan a thing and walk through. That technology, all they needed were many people to have whatever the scanner was. Or you just have a scanner that just beeps and then lets you through. It's like 
There's no, there was no reason for the backup. There was no reason for it all to come down to two little teeny weeny gates and everybody pushing their way through there. There was no reason for any of that. I seriously thought I was gonna pass out. Like I I'm had sure felt, you weren't the only person. I, I hadn't felt like that since we landed in Cairo. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't, it was fairly warm. So. 88 degrees. Right. And then you got all these people pushing up on you and shoving you. And I, I I don't know why. I mean, the, yes, I agree with you. The thinking ahead going, okay, we're going to get a larger crowd probably than we normally have had. And they knew the ticket sales numbers. Right, but we're going to get a larger crowd than we normally have had. We've got to have a way to open this, open both. You understand, both sides open up for trucks to pull through. Yeah. So that we need a way of opening this up, directing traffic. We can need to open up the student section side mm -hmm. and have people walking through as many of these areas as possible. What I said was, why aren't they using the tennis court? Mm -hmm. Because the tennis court is right there by the gate. And what they could have like put, they could have just put up the the ropes and then let people file through that. Because that would have that would have taken so much out of the people that were right there in the front. Yeah. Because there was there's no lanes. There's nowhere for you to walk through. Yep. If you bought a ticket, even back in the day, if you bought a ticket at one of those windows, you couldn't walk through at that window. It's a building. Yep. So you had to buy your ticket and then you had to walk around to where the gate was and then walk in. Now granted, that process was faster back then. Yeah, but than it was 40, today. Even if it was homecoming and it was a lot of people, it was still a faster process. Nobody went through that before to have to oh, walk up because, because you could buy your ticket and, walk and then walk through. You didn't have to wait. Right now, you and you weren't waiting on you weren't waiting on technology or anything. Mm -hmm. And everybody's sitting there with paper or their phones. Yep. I'm sorry, but if you're going to this is the problem that Tuskegee has always had. You get the tech, you get the technology. You have the a, a fairly normalized idea by the time Tuskegee gets it, but then you don't implement it in the way that it's meant to be implemented. Yeah. You want to do it the Tuskegee way instead of doing it the way that, like, say, every fucking airport does it around the world. <laughs> and every, you know, it's like you you don't just go and make people do everything electronically and not have multiple readers for them to walk through. Yeah. Not people with iPads, but actual readers that just let them through. And so the people just walk up and go beep, 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 beep. It could have been just that fast. But the problem is, they don't do it. When you go into an airport anywhere in the world, the, you have your thing electronically or you have your boarding pass, guess what? You walk up, the scanner just scans it and you go. It's just as fast as the grocer doing your stuff at the grocery store. Yep. And that's the thing. They couldn't have that process. So they had half of the process. And the second half was, oh, our thing is not working right now, so we're going to hold the entire line. It's like, I got the paper right here. What more do you need? Scan it later. Take the paper. I don't give a damn. Right? You know what I'm saying? I printed this. I printed this. Right. So... That means I can, uh, if I, if, if. I got the email somewhere. It's not like you're going to check. You're not going to ask for proof once I'm in here. Right. So take the papers 
And that's what I would have done. I'd have been like, look, if they have a paper in their hand, take the paper and let them go. We right. can scan them later. You know, if you have a, you know, I would, have, I would have just looked at people and said, look, if you have a paper, go over to the main, go over to this door right here. We're going to open it up. If you have a paper, hand us your paper. Make yep. sure there's enough for the people in your group and walk on in. Yep. I'd have cleared out that most of that line just by doing that. Now, if you've got it on your phone, Come we're going to have to have a different way because... Yep. I can't get the I can't get it off your phone because the the scanner's down. So you might have to wait a minute, and that's going to be inconvenient. But we're sorry, but you know we'll give you a voucher for free fucking popcorn or some shit, which they don't sell food at Tuskegee. Which is weird. Stadium. And they did the last time we were there. They had they a concession. Did? Yeah, they had a concession Where? stand right I don't behind. Think I've ever seen a concession stand? Right behind stand. the shed, by the bathrooms, they were selling food. Sure, it was Tuskegee University selling food, or was it just people selling? Food? I don't know. Dawn said the same thing because I was like, "Didn't they have a concession stand when we were here last time?" She was like, "All I know is I." Yes. Well, you know what? I do remember people getting chaser, buying it, like pop. Yeah, they it. would go, and they yes. had like chicken, they had hot dogs. But you hear what I said? Yeah, chaser. It was a chaser. Um, yeah, I I don't. I don't understand why you would upgrade the field. I I, I, I agree that the field needs to be upgraded. Yeah. But the upgrading beautiful. of the field, honestly, what needs to happen is what has always needed to happen is the the bowl is on three sides hill. Mm -hmm. We could have a horseshoe shaped stadium, and we should. That goes all the way around. On three sides and goes up the hills. You could still have the shed. The shed would just be bigger. Yeah. And run it up the hill. I don't understand if our student section is going to be on the away side, why the entire side is not under a shed. Me either. Because if the, if that's the experience that you're 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 now going to be like. You know, you go to Tuskegee and you're going to sit under the shed. And if that's what you're going to do and you just tell the, the visiting team, we don't care about your fans. Yep. Okay, fine. But you need to have a stadium. You need to have all of these, um, like that hill that we were standing on before. That should all be stadium. It right. should all be seating. So seating in that far corner, you know, the far end, uh, then seating all the way around, and then where the, the which call it is, maybe there's no seating, or maybe you build a freaking stadium and you go ahead and put the, um, you put the, the locker room and stuff under the stadium like it always is. Right. You know, and they have a tunnel and they run out of the tunnel. I don't understand why they fight that. Yeah, me either. Now, here's the other side. Why don't we have the number of students that could fill a stadium? See, that's, that's my thing. Is we don't have, and I'm sure somebody is making this calculus. Unless somebody donates a stadium, Tuskegee will never have a stadium because it only has about less than 3,000 students. So there's no reason to ever have a stadium for every other game of the year minus homecoming. And remember, a lot of those games are still going to be away games. Right. So 
why would you build a big old thing for one game of the year? And I, I get that. I understand it completely. They, they but if you had a hotel and you had... And restaurants that people could eat at. Places where people could eat in the city. People might go to Tuskegee's games that are just regular season games that are not homecoming. Yeah. And if you had a parking lot where people could tailgate, like all these other schools have, all of a sudden you create a situation where people are going to want to come. I mean, the people that are local, they might want to come. The people that are far away might make it a destination for one game or two games. Or I can't go to homecoming, but I can go this weekend. And maybe I go down. That kind of thing. You know? But there's nothing in the city or this or the university that says come to one of our regular season games. Right. Yep. And I think that's the problem. It's not a destination, even for alumni. Then that's why alumni only choose homecoming. Yeah. I mean, we don't go to watch the games. Right. That's and I think I said that to somebody. It was like, you know, I didn't come here to watch a football game. I don't know if I've ever watched the game. I've never really watched the game. I, I always I always wanted to know, did we win? Oh sure. That's but outside true. of that, no. Didn't care. I, I wanted the team to do well. I want the team to I want the team to win. But I've never cared about watching the game. I will watch all these other games. I'll watch all the other games on 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 Saturdays. I'll watch all the games on Sundays that I can see. But watching a game, going to Tuskegee and watching a game, I go there for the band. I've always watched I've always gone to the games to watch the band. You know? And I've only cared about the bands. You know, and but that's being in the band. You know. <sighs> Alright, so that was Homecoming. Anything else happened on Homecoming? He's had big fun. Big fun. I, 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 like I said, I have, I took down the 101, Wild Turkey 101 for, uh, for Dunk. Back when I was Somebody posted a picture of him yesterday at FAMU. Yeah, yeah. I said he was having a he was having some kind of crisis that they needed to he needed intervention because he was wearing the wrong school stuff. <laughs> I don't care that he graduated from there. That is not the point. You wearing the wrong school. You don't wear the fam stuff. All these people. Um. Well, you've been you worked at Tuskegee for what forty years? I don't. Yeah. You you, you if you're gonna go to fam. You should be wearing Tuskegee gear. He needs one of my tees. The raggedy tees. He needs a raggedy tee. So, uh, Aaron's been on fire with some of these t-shirts. I have been with all, Not some Fuego. of them. All the t-shirts. And now, I when I wear them out, I get stopped in the in the like the store or wherever I am, and people want to comment on my shirt, and I always have the same response. Thanks. I got it at RaggedyTees.com. And I point to my hip because that's where the logo is on every shirt. I have had people 
stop me in the store and take a photo of the shirt and take a photo of the logo to then go and check out the website. So now I'm trying to convince Aaron to put a QR code on the inside of the shirt. Look, man, I've already designed the damn thing. I don't want to hear it. You can't You can't even act like I'm, I'm against it. You were at first against it. Well, I'm against it because if someone tucks in the shirt, which most people don't do with their t-shirts, but if they tuck in the shirt, then it becomes a thing that will never be seen and it's just a waste of vinyl. It could. But it would. Most people are not going to untuck their shirt to show somebody a thing well, that says scan me. I don't um, tuck my shirts in, though. Right. Um, so, I don't know. I, 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 Like I said, I've already designed the thing. I might put it on there. Um, we need to put... You need to, because I can't do this. You need to put it out to your to your group. About the group... All your group. You said the group. The, uh, whatever group that you talk to uh, from your Tuskegee friends. Oh my. Um, <laughs> about the, the cruise next August. Okay, that was only my line brother. Oh, I, I don't care who it is. No, I'm saying that's all that We're going to have big fun and we need a big group. Oh my God. Big fun, big group. This could be our 20th wedding anniversary. Okay. We don't. 20 years of bliss. Oh. <laughs> ah! Anyway, marital bliss. Let's let's move let's move this along. Um, marital bliss. Um, so the knee, the knee is not happy. The knee is jacked up. Something has has let go or popped or something has done a thing in the knee. Um, my right knee, not my left knee. You can barely walk. Yeah, it's pretty bad. So that's that's being that's being tended to or looked at. I go in December to to, to ortho for this one, and I forget uh, my shoulder looked at X-rays of my shoulder and see what's up going on with my shoulder. They never did X-rays of my shoulder. They just sent me to physical therapy. No, yeah, I think it's based because of the. The test, I was having pain where I, sh like, he did one test that should show one particular acute problem. Mm -hmm. No pain. But then he does another test to show the exact same acute problem, and I had lots of pain. And, you know, he was like, he was like, I don't know why this is presenting like this, but we got to get some views and find out what's going on. Because if I turn my hand one way and lift up my arm, I can lift my arm. If I turn my hand the other way, I can't lift my arm past my shoulder. Oh. So it's like something's going on. Something's right. happening. It's just, he's not sure. Um, and then you get the diabetes. And the blood pressure. And the high blood pressure. So I'm not back on basically the meds I had from Mexico. That you went for years without after leaving Mexico. Yep. So I could have been just pre-diabetic, like yep. they said, and that's why they were giving me the medicine there. Um, and I could have had high blood pressure. But that was induced by the. But it was exacerbated by probably the by the elevation. And then we went back down to sea level, and. So there's all that. Um, Did he tell you to stop eating meat? Oh no, because your doctor knows you're vegan, yeah, right? Yeah. Nobody's gonna tell me to stop eating meat. I don't eat meat. Um, 
four-letter words are falling from the sky today here in Michigan. It's very sad. Here's your bath bomb commercial. It's very, very sad. Um, and are you talking about your uh, move to a new... I don't even know if I'm moving. I don't know what's going on because... What? So, um... I haven't announced anything at work, but I'm oh. changing jobs. And, uh, the company that... You told your boss. I did tell oh. my boss. Um, I put in my notice, and, um, I've been going through all the stuff, doing the background check for the new company, but they're asking for documentation that I cannot possibly provide. So, one of the things they wanted was my contract from all of the places I've worked abroad, which I don't have because... When we were in Mexico, I lost all of my emails from both email accounts, and I have nothing. I did happen to have my contract from Phuket saved in my Google Drive. So I sent that, and they said, we can't accept this because it doesn't have an official seal on it. The hell are you talking about, official seal? This is the contract I signed. Official seal? Oh, that's what they're saying. They want, like bank information, like um, pay stubs and stuff. They're, they're asking for things I couldn't possibly have. asking for have. things, it sounds like, that Americans would have from jobs in America. But I can't get from jobs abroad. So, I'm already licensed in the state of Michigan to be a director of a child care center. So what about the other job? What other job? The one I'm going to? Or The other job? The one that I didn't interview with because I I could contact them, but I don't know what's going on with the new, the one I did accept and signed a contract for. She was supposed to meet with... I don't understand a, signing a contract and then they're asking you... For background check stuff. After yeah. I signed the contract. After I accepted the position. I don't get that. I don't understand either. So, um, the woman that I've been working with she told me on Thursday that she was meeting with HR on Friday and that she would call me on Friday and let me know what, what they said, but I didn't hear from her. So now I don't know if I need to start looking for another job because I gave my two weeks. Right. I have no idea. So now I'm kind of starting to freak out and I turned down a position that paid be, more it can money. It never be easy in this fucking country. No, nope. and I turned down a position, like, I turned down an interview for a position that I would have absolutely loved because it was community outreach, basically, and it paid more money, and the hours were better. It can never be easy. Why can't it, why, why can't, it, this is, it feels a lot like standing in line at Tuskegee. Yeah. Why can't this... This is not rocket science here. Nope. If this if this process needed to be done, you don't give somebody a contract to sign. You don't have them put in there two weeks. Nope. And if you don't understand what it's like to work as an expat outside of this country, well, you can't I've have never, these arbitrary weird rules I like you got to have this paperwork. Never, ever been asked for any of this for any job in any place except right. for this one company. Right. That, that's not a thing. It's like, why would you, like, why does it matter? Like, why does my contract 
between me and some other entity matter for you and your company? Especially when I've already been cleared by the state. I know, but it doesn't... That part doesn't matter. That part has nothing to do with you asking me for this information because you're just trying to verify my employment. Not only that, but they're also trying to make sure I'm not a criminal in other countries. No, I don't think that's what that's doing. I don't think that's what that's happening because you would be on Interpol. You would they could right. they, they could find that out very very easily. The state there's, has already done that. I know, but there's no reason to get your contract to find out if you right. were if you've done something wrong yeah. in another country. So, um, I I don't know what this deal is. I don't like. I'll be calling her at eight a.m. in the morning because. But they don't need it. There's nothing about those other con like what I if I am offering a position at. A certain rate of pay and I have a contract your contracts from other places are irrelevant to me right yep especially for jobs that aren't even the same job it says you know um, black out any like your social security number black out any bank account information but they still want a bank statement and they want a pay stub and most of the places we work they pay cash or you didn't get a pay stub at all it went directly into a bank account there were no pay stubs. That's not even. That's not even how. How a lot of those businesses worked, especially in China or all over Asia. Right. None of them used pay stubs or a a a third party in order to pay you. No, it was cash or. Well, it was either cash deposit. or it was direct deposit. But it was direct deposit maybe from. A personal account to your account. Yeah. It was not necessarily well, a a business putting money into your account. So even if you look back at a, at a statement, which I it never may had never the- reflect that the, the business that it came from. Right. It would be like a person's name or something. And I never had... And it would be in the other language. Yeah. So I did send them from Mexico. All I had was like my social security number and my Eames stuff from Mexico. And they were like, okay, the Eames is fine, but we can't use the social security number and we need the contract. Well, I don't have one from the schools in Mexico because I lost all my emails. Okay, you losing the emails is not the, the situation. They don't need it. They don't need it. They absolutely don't need it. There's nothing about that information that they can do anything with. Yeah. And then they want to Like, what, what were you going to do? Like, if you want contact information, you probably have that. I have contact information. That's what I'm saying. If you need a verification of employment, you should be able to get that. Yep. But that's it. Yep. That's all any company should ever want or need. Yep. And they Do you have a reason to not hire this person? Did, did anything happen that we should know about? And usually they're going to answer no because in those countries, they can't say yes. Right. They literally cannot but, but say. Are, are they really going to call Egypt? It doesn't matter. China it's, irre- it's irrelevant. The I fact gave them that, contact they, information. that they want that information, that's all that they could be trying to find out. Yep. And those, com- those countries. It's against their own laws mm-hmm. to say something negative yep. about a previous employee. Well, they they honestly, can all they can say is the person worked here. The, and honestly, like so, the one for the contract in Phuket, they speci- they specify that the person that I worked for needs to still be at the company, and that I need to give them their contact information. I only have that 
for David and Ben Shee and Phuket for Tails because the guy owned the company and it's even bigger now than it was when I worked for them. But that was 2011, 2012, and then 13, 14, right. 15. Right. This is... I mean, you should better get the Mexico stuff. How? No, I'm saying anything that you need to know. How am I going to get it? Both of those schools still exist. Yeah, but... I... I'm saying they both, they're st- both still there. Do you think they're going to have copies of my contract somewhere? Sure. Well, yeah, they should. I don't know about that. HR, I mean, that's what HR departments do. They hold um, on to that kind of stuff. But then for, for this very reason. But for, like, Egypt, no. no. There's nothing that's going to be had. Do we even have a contract with him? No. No. We never signed anything. He never, he never, he never did anything professional. Like, we had there to write our own entry letters. And right, there was nothing, them. there was nothing professional about anything he did. Egypt was just a... A mess. A wild west. It was a free-for-all. Um, but, and Foshan, you didn't work. Nope, and I said that for Foshan, that I was independently, I was self-employed, I was a tutor. And then they wanted a contract for that and pay stubs for that. And I was like, I was independent. I was self-employed. So I sent a screenshot from Moon's mom with payments. That's That's, all I have. I know, but that's not the point. There's no... They're asking for things like you were an employee of a company in the U.S. Yes, and, and that's what I keep trying to explain to the director, like, or the district manager, like, hey. It's like, we don't even get tax documents from these places. We used our amounts on our contracts yeah. when we had a contract for our taxes. Yep. Because there's there, there's nothing else. There's no, In other countries, they don't do that stuff. Nope. There is no W-2 situation. Nope. They're, they just don't do it. I mean, if they're a company that deals with, say, Americans, and of course Americans need that information, maybe those companies do it. But those are very large companies that have lots of Americans. Yep. If they're just like a company that has, uh, I have got one, two Australians and a couple Americans, and I've got somebody from you Malaysia, know Zimbabwe somebody and somebody from here, somebody yes. from there. Yeah, we don't, there is no centralized version of, there is, you get paid in cash every fucking week. Even though you have a contract, and you get paid, well, whatever you get paid, you get paid that. And you just get, you go into a room with the owner, and they sit there and count out money. Yep. You know? And you recount it to make sure you got your money correct. Right. And that's it. They don't understand, it's like, it's like you don't, I hate, I hate that, that people are so ignorant. Yep. As to what happens when people leave this country and they live and work abroad. Yep. Because they have no clue. Like, you're asking for something that is absolutely asinine. Well, not only is it absolutely asinine, like, it's so irrelevant at this point. I gave you the information. I gave you my references. I gave you contact information for the places. Wait, wait, wait. And you offered me a position and hired me. And why are you still asking for stuff? And I have already been cleared by an American government. I know, but that's irrelevant. That's job. not what they're doing it for. I understand. I keep saying that. You keep bringing that up like that's what they're asking for. They're not asking for that. They're doing it for employment verification. 
which makes no sense because they've already offered the job. Yeah. Why do you? Why do you need him? Why would you need that information if you've already? You've been cleared by that government organization. There's no, there can't be anything in your background negative for you to be nope, cleared. So be then, why would you? It, it's just like um, um, they ask you for your social security number on all of your employment things. If you give them a social security number and they verify that that social security number belongs to you, then there's no other questions about your status as a citizen. Nope. So then why would you ever have to have like, show me this and show me yeah. that and show why me, it's like, I don't need to show you that. I gave you my social security number. That means you ha you know that everything that you're asking for to verify, it's already been verified to get there or a passport number, same thing. Yep. It's already been done. And it's like, why are you wasting your time and my time asking for the stuff that you don't need? Here's the thing that I don't understand. So when I do a background check on a, a pre, uh, an employee that's going to come and work for me, a potential employee, I have to ask for their social security number. They fill out this whole document giving me permission to run a background check. But I never have to look at their IDs prior to hiring them. They write it down. I run the background check. Once they fill out that I-9 or whatever it is, that's when I get a copy of their IDs. It should happen when I do their background check. I should take a copy of it then, but I was told I'm not allowed to. Why? I don't know. Anyway, yeah, I don't... I, I don't see the point... I, I think people, I think this is the problem that Americans have in American companies. They have policies and procedures which are fine for one situation. Right. They do not have policies and procedures for multiple types of situations in dealing with Americans. Yep. And because they don't, and they're that limited in their scope and their thinking that it just causes a bunch of it causes problems for them that they don't realize because in my mind that's a company that I would not want to work for yeah because it's I like chose... you don't you don't have any concept about what it's like to be an expat and what that means and so that my there's a whole skill set here that you're not going to value right the only reason i chose to do, to go with this company over interviewing for the other position was that this company is nationwide and i could transfer to anywhere else so say we wanted to move to georgia or florida or wherever I could potentially just transfer into a different position. Uh -huh. But damn. I don't. Okay. But I'm feeling like I need to start looking again and do something quick. You should tell them that. I'm going to when I talk to them. Because honestly, they're, they've now put you in a really bad situation. Because you've already... Put in my notice. Yeah. And she's already interviewing for my replacement. I'm 
telling you that you you better. I hate that everything has to be so difficult. I really do. I really do. It's like almost like you need to tell your current boss. Maybe you won't be leaving or something. I don't think that's an option. Well, you're there already. You know what I'm saying? This is why you can't burn any bridges when you do this And stuff. I did not. I have not burned a bridge. But I'm just saying. On purpose, I didn't burn a bridge. But, man. Because, I mean, they're, they're messing up. They are using arbitrary, weird... Internal rules to mess with everything yep. for one person. Yep. For no reason. Yeah. Because there's no reason for any of what they're doing. Like, they don't need any of that information. Yep. There's nothing in that information that they're going to, that's going to, because it's already been gone through. I mean, I went through three interviews before they offered me the position, so it's not like... I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about if the state of Michigan... That's where I keep going has, back to. ...has cleared you for this kind of position within the state of Michigan, there's nothing else for this company to glean from you giving them this information. Right. So then why are they asking for it? I don't. After you sign a contract. Right. <coughs> Seems like they would have done all of this before they offered you the position, yep. so that then it could eliminate you from the position. Mm -hmm. Yep. Wow. Looks like we'll have more to podcast about. We all do. All right, you got anything else? I am hungry. I need to eat. I cooked a lot of food today. I'm ready. I've cooked food for the next couple of days. Well, maybe tonight. Uh, no, I made three different meals. Well, ma'am, all I can say is I is hungry. Do you know I had to go into my drives, find the zip files, and unzip my paper? <laughs> Just to get it back on my phone because I had taken it off my phone. <laughs> I had deleted it. Oh my. I had to go back and find the paper, which I realize now I need to update the paper with all the new stuffs. Yep. Especially the websites. Yes. Alright, so you got anything else for people? Nope. If you want to find the traveling fars, you can find us at the YouTube. We haven't done in a very long time. Even though we have lots of YouTube content that could be done, I can apparently not see myself sitting here editing video. <laughs> it's so hard. I, I think if I start doing it again, maybe I can get, you know, ramp up and, and do it. But I just, I got an email from Wondershare and I was like, oh God, I forgot I even had that. And I've got Da Vinci now. Never, and I've never. No, no, oh. no. Wondershare is paid for. Okay. That was a one-time payment, man. Okay. 
Um, but I've got DaVinci. DaVinci does all the same stuff, and it's free. And I couldn't install it on my last computer. I've got it on this one. Never used it. Excellent. So anyway, YouTube, uh, Facebook, of course, Pinterest, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever awesome podcasts are sold for free. Are we being charged for the Spotify? traveling forest? No, we don't get charged for Spotify. We had a, a fee from Spotify. What do you mean we had a fee from Spotify? My bank account. I saw a fee. You better look again. You know, I, I, something happened with Spotify, but I don't think it's because of our podcast. Well, why am I getting charged? I don't know. But I didn't sign up for Spotify. I don't have Spotify. I've never used it ever, not one time. I think I've gone to it. I think I've downloaded the app, but I've never, like, used it. Never played anything. I don't know. I don't know what's up with Spotify. Um, if you want to find the Traveling Fires, you can find us on the Instagram and the Twitters at Traveling Fires. If you like the email and you want to send something to us, travelingfars at gmail.com. And the blog space, thetravelingfars.blueberry.net. No ease in the blueberry. You can find us on Patreon at the Traveling Fars. Well, yeah. We need patrons, big time. You can find us at raggedytees.com. Wait, 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 why are you going into the raggedytees.com? That's not your, that's not your, that's not your deal. That's my deal. You're know. supposed to talk about the Patreon. You're supposed to talk about the GoFundMe. Yeah, GoFundMe to... is no longer up. What? Why would it be up? I don't know. We don't have a GoFundMe anymore? I don't think so. What do you mean you don't think so? Um, I don't uh, think Get out of your phone. Look, look up. What do you mean you don't think so? We don't have an active GoFundMe. <gasps> the GoFundMe died? Well, yeah, we're not traveling. What do you mean, yeah? <laughs> How does the GoFundMe die? Because if you aren't using it for a certain amount of time, then it just closes. Have you checked or are you just assuming? No, I checked. When? July? July? You know, we have podcasts since July. Okay. You said to go fund me stuff before. Okay, well, I'm saying it's not now. I think we need to go fund me. For what? The Traveling Fars podcast. Okay. You're saying we're not traveling. It wasn't for travel, it's for the podcast. Okay. What's wrong with you? You need to get on this. Chop, chop! Damn it. Uh, what else do we have for people? We have the Patreon, the GoFundMe, maybe. And what else? Anything else for the people? RaggedyTees.com. R-A-G-I-D-Y-T-S.com. Raggedy Tees. Not like Raggedy Ann and Andy. I don't know why people think of that when they hear Raggedy, but no. Not that. RaggedyTees.com, bars, cards, like business cards, barscards.com. That's where all the that's where all the good stuff is. The artwork, the paintings, the mixed media stuff, the woodworking, the t-shirts, uh, the custom ordering things. All of that stuff is on the website. Go there. Um, 
recommend ordering t-shirts. They're super soft, they're super comfortable, the quality is amazing. We use the good stuff. Yeah, we do. We use the good stuff. Super soft shirts, I love them. All right, you got anything else? Cause now you you jumped into your phone, and now you're not you're not you're not here anymore. I am too. No, no, no. I'm you're talking. like you're like a high schooler. You're you're talking, but you're really not here. You have now disappeared. I was looking for the Spotify chart. See, told you. All right, that's it. So goodbye to people. Bye, people. Peace. I know you have a t-shirt. A blank one, yes. I'm trying to decide what I want you on it. You need to decide, because we got glitter.